I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. When you think about anti-Semitism, you probably think about the Middle East, North Africa, maybe Eastern Europe or maybe Germany, but you don't usually think about the UK. However, anti-Semitic sentiment has been on the rise in England. It's just going by a different name, anti-Israel. Tuvia Tenenbaum visited the UK in the hopes of writing a book about Brexit, but ended up doing something entirely different. When he showed up in Britain, instead of finding Union Jacks waving in the wind, he found countless Palestinian flags instead. Tuvia Tenenbaum is a journalist, an author, a playwright, and a theater director. He's written several books, some of which have become bestsellers, including I Sleep in Hitler's Room and The Lies They Tell. Tuvia was on the show almost two years ago in episode 58 of the Two Nice Jewish Boys podcast, and we're super thrilled to have him on again to discuss his upcoming book about England. Hello, Tuvia. Hello. Such a pleasure to be with you. You're also... Such a pleasure to be with everybody. You're also... Thank you all for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. You're also a, a columnist still, right? In the Zeit. I write, for, I write for the Zeit. I write now feature articles. I used to be a columnist for the Zeit Online. Uh-huh. And now I'm writing... In the German media, I write usually like feature articles when I have time because I don't always have time mm-hmm. because now the book to Britain not to England to Britain uh-huh. which includes England of course right took about seven months so of course seven months. I, so of course I didn't write anything in that period for the why media you, only for the why uh, did you need to do another I mean you already did one about uh, America one about Germany one about Israel yeah the catch the Jew yeah yeah why did you need to do another one? I, like, you, you proved your point, I guess, no? First of all, it's not about proving my point. It's, it's part of my job. I do theater, I do journalism, and I do books. Right. And now I have a publisher in Germany who is my main publisher, meaning this is the company that pays the expenses, boom, 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 boom. Uh-huh. When, uh, He's crazy enough to pay for your I guess scribbles. So. It's not crazy enough. I mean... Out of four books that I published with them so far, uh-huh. three have become Spiegel bestsellers. In Germany? In Germany. It's like in America, like New York Times bestseller. Okay. So I don't think they are so stupid. Uh-huh. They know what they are doing, and for them it's very important, you know, if they have a Spiegel bestseller, you know, because you don't have that many, because you have very few peop- books that go to the, to the list, like in America and the New York Times. Still, why England and why... Another book about so, anti-Semitism. Not in England, first of all. First of all, Britain. Uh, Britain, sorry, sorry. So yes. the reason was, you know, after the, the former last book came, um, the most recent one, like two years ago or something like that, it was the uh, Allo Refugees, about the refugee issue in uh, the Middle Eastern, mostly refugees in, in Germany, because Germany opened its door to about two million refugees in the last couple of years, last few years. And so you were talking, it was like a, an event at the, at the, at the, at the, how do you call it, Volksbühne Theater in Berlin, one of the best theaters. We had an event over there. We put actors to read from the books, you know, like we do that sometimes. And at the end of the event, it was a very good event, and we discussed what's going to be the next book. 
you know, we had four books now, so what's going to be the next book? Usually they were the ones who told me, you know, what they wish me to write, you know, about Germany, about Israel, about UK, whatever it is, about, you know, about Germany, Israel, and then about USA. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I said, okay, I have an idea. I'm also a theater person. And I have always wondered why the Brits, especially the English, make their theater. You know, for, for years I used to go for three, take like a vacation, take like a fly out of New York to London, you know, and go to see like a few days theater and then just come back, mostly just theater, lived in the theater. And I was always at, in awe of the British theater. I said, those actors... They have the best are actors. The best. They are the best actors. Yeah. They, they, they can take... So you can take the f- telephone book, I mean literally, and make it sound like the most dramatic, funny, brilliant, something that has a middle, and you know, beginning, middle, and end, and it's just a telephone book. Uh-huh. And they put it on the stage, and it looks brilliant. And, and, and you are, you can't contain your excitement. So, ah, do say do it. So I said, you know what? Since we don't know what, would, you know, what's the next book and it's in Germany? It's a series, like everything is a line until like. Along, alone among, like alone among Germans, alone among Jews, alone uh-huh. among, among Americans, whatever it is. So, okay, let's do alone among, alone under Britain. And, and I'll get to figure out, you know, you pay for it. <laughs> and I'll get you to tell, figure you, out. You tell that to yeah, the publisher. Of course, I mean, because you pay for it. And I'll enjoy six months in Britain. I said, okay. They say the food is mediocre, but... What? The, yeah, but... If, okay. I don't know anything. It's like... It's like it's okay. been some time since I've been to London. Okay. I mean, I used to do it like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But now it's like... It's been some time. So they say know. yes. I mean, I've, I was in London, in Britain, like two, three years ago, but just for for lectures. So I, I was not really in the country, you know. It's just like a car comes, picks you up, and you go, and then you go out, and then you don't know anything else. So as I said, yes... And then I said, okay, I said to myself, you know, it's also the period of, of Brexit, so I will cover theater and Brexit. No. So we started, we entered into my wife, easy, and we left uh, towards Britain in September of last year. And we had with us also a video team, I mean, camera person, a sound person, Nagansi Mishrai. And we started in, in Dublin, in Ireland, because we said, you know, this whole Brexit thing, one of the main issues of Brexit is the borderline, you know, which is between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is on the Irish island. Yes, you've got to look at the map to, to understand it, to yes. comprehend it, you know, because Northern Ireland is part of the UK, but it's not p- part of the island, of, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's two different <laughs> countries. Yeah, but yeah, Northern Ireland and Ireland is two different countries. And the whole issue was all the time, how do you do the border there? Mm-hmm. Because the border used to be there, and we had years and years, decades of troubles over there, what they call the troubles, you know, till they had the Good Friday agreements and they took all the, you know, army posts, all the police posts, and they opened the border, mm-hmm. you know, as if it were one country, even though it's not. Okay, so I said, okay, let's go there. On my first day, on my, my first interview, you know, which was like on the next day when I arrived in, uh, in, uh, in Dublin, my first interview, you know, I interviewed a guy in the, in the 
in the cafe of the hotel where we stayed. And I said to him, tell me about Ireland. I know nothing about Ireland. Who's the guy? Some kind of Mike Fitzgerald. Who's he? He's Just an activist okay. you know, for all kinds of things. In you know. And you told him you were coming for an interview about Brexit. Or you no, but but just, just anything. Just anything. I just want to tell me tell me about Ireland. Okay. I have never been in Ireland. I know some Irish people in New York, very nice people. You know, Irish people and Jews get along in New York, and I didn't even t enter my mind that there was anything anti-Semitism. And the first thing he said to me, okay, there is one common denominator to us here in Ireland who don't like Jews. He knew you're Jewish. Inouye is Jewish. Because sometimes in your books you wouldn't yeah, tell. Yeah. But this he was time... one of the few who knew I'm Jewish. Okay. He said to me, okay, we don't like you. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I thought, I like, is he out of his mind or am I just dreaming it? It's a nightmare. What, what is it exactly? So I said, okay, you went to the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Nice guy. To him, of course, I told him German. German journalist, which I am. Mm-hmm. And a German author. You don't reveal your Jewish identity. No. Why should I? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we, we talked, and then he told me about the custom tradition that they have. Three days a year, they have the Palestinian flag flying above City Hall. Why is that? Well, identifying with the Palestinians. Because Hamas is a very important organization. I said to him, Hamas, do you know what they have in their charter to kill all Jews? And he says, right. And so it doesn't bother you? And he goes like, it doesn't mean that they do it. They just say you have to do it. But it was like, you know, it's like totally bizarre. And then I started walking the streets and talking to people. Went to the, one of the student leaders, you know, in, in Dublin of the university over there. And we chatted. And he told me how important BDS is against Israel. That's in any campus in Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying one after the other, you know, and I started talking to people, started talking to students. Okay. Then we stayed a little bit more in, uh, but did in it, Ireland. But did it really surprise you? It's shockingly surprising, because, like, why? I mean, it's like... But Ireland has because been... Because I, I expected everybody to talk about Brexit. I, that's what I expect people to talk about. This is a major issue in the country. Mm -hmm. You know, if... if you have a border again, you might have the troubles again. Right. You know, and if you don't, who knows what will happen. And right. the British people have decided, at least in the referendum, you know, soon enough, in March 29 of this year, it's supposed to be Brexit. How do, how do, you, how do you do with it? Uh, do you plan anything of doing? Do you people think about it in what way? Public debates. Public debates, you know, can I see something? Can I see some debates about it? Can you tell me what you think? And they're just like, they don't think about it. They think about Palestine. Over and over, people think about Palestine. It's just like, are you out of your mind? You have nothing else to think about? You know, and it's like, so many people talk to me about the suffering of the Palestinian people. Okay, spent some time in Ireland, crossed to Northern Ireland, you know, took the tourist you know, taxis, you know, it's called the, the, the tour bus. The tour buses, you know, are going around, going in Belfast, and we see all kinds of flags on the streets, above pubs, and what the flags are Palestinian flags. In Belfast? Yeah, going to, to a bookstore of uh, Sinn Fein, you know, the, the, the Republicans, you know, the, 
there, 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 of uh, Northern Ireland and going to the bookstore and what can you buy there? You can buy t-shirts that say Free Gaza and you have a nice stand with all kinds of Palestinian flags. It's like, what, what am I here? I'm in Northern Ireland, you have nothing better to do. Then I continue continue to the border town from Northern Ireland side to see what it is, going to to London Derry, you know, to Derry, what you know, so you have two names to call it. And what do I see there? Neighborhood after neighborhood, I see Palestinian flags. Even when I was, was I play football, you know, soccer, you know, what do I see? Oh, rugby. The Palestinian flag rises above. I'm just like, what? what I'm but what, would, what do people tell you? So, well, so I was driving, 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 and I, and I get enough of Palestinian flag. I got off the car, and we started walking. So a pub, it says, you know, whatever, Bokside Inn. Where is it? Bokside Inn, in Derry. In Derry. That's in, well, in England. No, that's in that's, Northern Ireland. That's still Northern Ireland. Okay. Northern. Moving from Ireland to Northern okay, Ireland. Okay, yeah. Going there, and then uh, uh, you see, talking to people, and then it's like, strangely enough... I look at the guys that they just stand next to him, you know, and it's like a wristband. And what does it say on it? Free Palestine. I said, okay, people, what, what, what's going on over here? You have Palestinian flags all over, wristbands of Free Palestine. What do you have with the Middle East? What do you have to do in the Middle East? Oh, so they told me, the Jews are the scourge of the land, of the earth. You know, and... How many Jews even live in these parts of... Almost none. None? I asked them, how many Jews live there? And he says, we got rid of them, <laughs> you know, laughing. And as you're sober, so you're not like drunk, like one of them said to me, and, and the rest admitted, agreed, said that Hitler made one mistake, and the mistake he made, he didn't finish off the Jews. Didn't kill them all. It's like kind of unbelievable. Okay, go here, talk to them. It's like I couldn't believe it, and I moved to Scotland. On the second day of going in Scotland, I'm next to some statues like a tourist, you know. And then a woman comes by, she has this beautiful Palestinian uh, uh, scarf. Okay. And she starts talking to me, she's an important Palestinian, and this is from Gaza. Such a beautiful, such a beautiful scarf. It's almost Gaza. erotic. It's erotic. You know, it's like I've never seen somebody in love with a scarf so much. You know, it's like, <laughs> from Gaza. It's like, just out of your, out of their minds. And everywhere you go, you can see the same story. Less than in, in uh, Ireland, less open than in Ireland, but it's the same shtick. You know, even the place where you have like, uh, how do you call it? Uh, um, French festival in Edinburgh. They have French a theater. Uh, French theater of the French festival, the, the theater, which is one of the most famous in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, takes place I think in August or something like that of every year. People come from all over the world. Theater companies. Well, one theater company cannot come if you are from Israel, and you are a theater company that you know that it's paid by the government, sponsored by the Israeli government. You cannot come if it's sponsored by Russia. You can come if it's sponsored by Russia. You can come by Syria. It can come. Is it Iran. Iran. All those things can come, except for Israel, because it's an occupying power, you know, bim bam boom. Like I said, you are artists. Why do you boycott the artists? 
So they made all kinds of agreements with the, with the people who come from Israel that it has to be paid by some guy third who lives party. third party that they live in, in, in Scotland. All kinds of mishigas in a knecha here and a knecha there. So you will be kosher. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you cannot, you cannot do anything here. Show, you cannot show you your cannot play. Show you, you cannot show your play. Forget it. And just for the record, here in Israel, all plays are some way or another, almost all of them are in supported most, by the government. Outside of, let's say, uh, how do you call it, United States, mm-hmm. and God knows where else, you know, but basically outside of the United States, you know, the government supports theater. I mean, right. theater cannot sustain itself, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. You cannot do that. So everywhere it's sponsored by the government, you know, wherever, almost everywhere, you know. So of course it has to be sponsored by German theater is not sponsored by the government. I mean, it's like Iranian theater is not also sponsored by the government, whatever they are. So, and I asked them, and nobody, it's like, they look at me like an idiot. Why, why does it bother you? You know, it's like, so that's I explain. Also a good, that's actually a good point. So I say, because I'm a German, you know, so I have this kind of things about the Jews, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but why did it bother you? Well, if you're a Jew and you know that if you say to these people, my name is Tuvia, mm-hmm. I was born in Israel, you wouldn't talk to me. But you know... Why uh, shouldn't it bother me? Because there's the approach that would say, fuck them. We don't need them. Oh, of course you need them. Why? Of course you need them. If BDS succeeds, imagine, and the boycott succeeds, you will not have any cars that's made in Europe. Mm-hmm. You will not have any... Anything, any computer, any machine, any washing machine, whatever you want, nothing made in Europe. Right. And once Europe does this, you know, the rest of the world will go along. It's, it's usually like that. What is this Michigas? So you're saying you got a... You'll be able to get only cars that are made in Angola. So you're saying you got to find the roots of BDS, which are these people... Mm-hmm. And tear them out no, in listen. order to prevent listen, future. Listen. This is not my job. This is not my job. I'm not an activist. I'm a journalist. If you ask me why it bothers me as a person, I can tell you. But it has nothing to do with my journalistic stuff. My journalistic stuff, I just, I just go and I look at people and I see what. So why is it a story then? Of course, um, you decide if it's a story or not. For me, it's it's a big story why? because we live in a world that's very aware of human rights. We live in worlds that we have to give to make special toilets from transgender. We live in a world that we can't say about retarded people they are retarded because it's not nice. We live in a world we respect everybody, or at least supposed to respect everybody. We live in a world that in some European countries, if you say anything against Muslims, you can find yourself invited by Scotland Yard to spend a year or two in a nice prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a world where everybody has to protect everybody, everybody, has everybody, except for one. You can say whatever you want about Jews, no matter what. And in Britain, you have the Labour Party, which is a mainstream party, and its leader, Jeremy Corbyn, and the people around him, you know, the people, they basically the leaders of the Labour Party were anti-Semitic. And they say all kinds of things against Israel, against Jews, whatever it is. Also in the Democratic Party in America now. Just a second. Okay, they learn from each other. It's uh-huh. always like that, you know. But the Democratic Party in America, it's, it's, it's just starting. Yeah. We don't know where to go. Over there, it's already established. Yeah. And the people still vote for them. 
He has a chance to become the prime minister. Soon. He has the exactly. He has the chance to to end up in Downing Street Ten. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with this. You know why are the people, my people? You know, I think it's very interesting that we live in that world that anti-Semitism is again out there after all what happened in the age of our parents or grandparents. You know, or one eighth of the Jews just basically gassed or burned alive or whatever it is. And it's all coming again. And we are supposed to be behind that. You know, as Barack Obama used to say, this is a different world. Now we are good people. Let's where, say, where are the good people? Let's say I'm a young Irish uh, person mm. who, who opposes a violation of human rights in Syria in Iran and in Israel, in Gaza, let's say, just for the sake of argument. And I want to express that without being called anti-Semite. How am I to do that? Okay. The problem is the ones who don't like Israel and, and chastise Israel and criticize Israel for human rights violations, they are, this is the only country that chastise. That? This is the only country that they criticize. Okay. This is the only country they fight. If you say, I don't like what, what Erdogan does, I don't like what Bashar Assad does, I don't like what this does, I don't like what this country does, and I, don't like this, and I also don't like Israel, I have no power with you. Okay. If you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You, have a, you, you need you to be put consistent. All of the, yeah, you have to be consistent. You have a bunch of people you don't like, a bunch of countries you don't like, that's okay with me. And you're willing to fight and do BDS for all those countries, you know, I am okay with it. Okay. You know, if you're right or wrong, I don't care. But at least you have an idea. You took 10 or 20 countries, whatever it is, and yeah. you bumped them together, and you say, they are not good, and, and they don't speak English well, whatever it is, I want to boycott them. Okay. For whatever reason, I have no problem with you. Then you are not anti-Semitic. But if all the countries are okay, and the only country that is not okay is Israel, I have a problem with it. And a person after a person in England, in Scotland, in, 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 in both parts of Ireland, when they tell me all the horrible things that the Israelis are doing, yeah. you confront I them. them. I, I, I asked them, do you know of any other countries that does these kind of things? Have you heard about Yemen? What's, do you know what happens lately in Yemen? Do you know what happened in Chechnya? They don't even know what <laughs> that is. You're going far back. <laughs> no, but, but it's still the regime. Chechnya is basically occupied by Russia. Uh-huh. And how did they do it? They took planes, aircraft, and they bombed people in their houses. For the record, Northern Ireland is occupied by England, technically. <sighs> technically, it is occupied. Okay, but so fight the English a bit. Uh, I'm not going to get there. The, okay. There is an agreement. There is the yeah. 1701, whatever it is. But you technically. Know, the, you know, the, the, okay. they had an agreement. They had right. the union thing. You know, they had the union thing. But if, I don't care. If, you, if that's what you say, in, in many people in Northern Ireland, no, no, some people, you know, at least, about, about it, one half of them put it this way, it depends if you're a loyalist or unionist or whatever it is. There are people who think like that. Uh-huh. But those people who think like that are not going to the street to fight England. They are going to the street to demonstrate against guess who? Us. Exactly. Us meaning you, the person who lives in Israel. And they are not criticizing just Netanyahu, they criticize the whole country. Mm-hmm. The IDF. And, and what, what kind of people they criticize in the country? Not the Arabs who live here, but the Jews who live here. Israel. But what is Israel? Israel but it's another name for Jews. But there's nothing we can do to change that. Of course, there's a lot of things you, you guys can do to change that. 
you have to do the same thing they are doing. You have to propaganda tell them machine. It's not propaganda. It is kind of information. And when they tell you Hasbara, what is Hasbara, called. whatever it's called, but but whatever. I mean, the fact that Israel allows European diplomats, for example, to come here and build housings for God knows what, is ridiculous. Diplomats should not be doing this. What 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 are you referring to? You know, you have all kinds of uh, European diplomats. You didn't read my book. You have all kinds of European diplomats, you know, from different countries who are engaged uh-huh. in building tents and housings. In the for territories? Pal- yeah, for Palestinians. Right, they finance the, Not only they finance, sometimes they go together with the trucks. Uh-huh. You know, they drive together with the trucks okay. and they actually slap it. Okay. You know, they slap the tent, you know. Since when do diplomats do these kind of things? If you are a diplomat, your job is to represent your country in the host country, not to get involved. Imagine in New York, if diplomats, we have a lot of diplomats in New York, you know, they started getting involved, you know, in rulings of the, of the American courts and decide, you know, this guy got evicted, we are not allowing him to be evicted, and here are our diplomats coming, using their immunity, you know, and don't allow the police to evict him. It's very nice that you care about evictions, you know, But guess what? You care only about evicted Palestinians. But if they are truly anti-Semitic, yeah. no Hasbara will ever affect them. Hasbara does not mean just explaining. That's what it is. Hasbara is also mean if somebody puts a finger against you blaming you, you can put a finger to blaming them too. You can stare at the European who just a generation ago, two generations, depends how you count the generation, you know. killed your parents, murdered them, not just the Germans, the French, and almost everyone in Europe. The British who occupied us. And almost everybody else. In, al- almost everybody else in Europe. Mm-hmm. Just in last century. Joined the Nazis in killing Jews. Poland, Romania, whatever you want. Even the Swiss joined this financially. They have so much blood on their hands. And there they come here and tell the Jew you are bad you have blood on your hands right they have, their hands are full of blood their bodies are full of blood they have murdered your grandparents for no reason my dear for no reason at all just because you're Jews they put them in crematoriums and you think the new they raped them all their life they took the air of the sink and they sold it they took their teeth You know, the golden teeth out of their mouth before they burned them alive. But That's that was, what it that did. That was another generation. So just you a second, think just a second, the just a responsibility no, no. lies on... If my grandfather was a Nazi, I would never, I would be ashamed to open to your come, mouth. To open my mouth, to go to a Jew and tell him, let me teach you how to behave. But the Irish didn't have a Nazi grandfather. But you know what I'm saying? By the end of the day, that's what it is. It's, it's like, it's all the Europeans, I mean, you're coming to this land. But they joined together. I mean, it's like, yeah, guess what? The Irish, when the Jews came to land in Ireland, during the war times, you know how many Jews Ireland allowed to emigrate to Ireland? Five point... Sixty-five, that's all. Sixty-five <laughs> no. Jews. Well... And the Irish leader, you know, when German, when Hitler died, sent the condolences letter, you know. I see. You know. I see your point. That's the history of Ireland. Hello. 
That's the history. The British who were here in this land did not allow Jews to come here. It's not even their land. And, and they what killed they murder, murder, whatever, yeah. yeah. So how did you... Okay. So the point is, okay. if this is what your grandparents did, just shut up. Wait another thousand years before you allow yourself to open your mouth again. You know? Mm-hmm. How did you meet Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> your friend, your dear friend. Okay, it, it's a long story. It's going to be in the book, but practically, I mean, it's like I met him one time in an event in London, you know, and I talked to him for a while. Then we decided we are going to meet, and then we didn't meet because something happened in the party, so we had to cancel, you know, the, uh, some members quit. It turned out they were afraid it's going to be more, but it didn't, did not happen. TIG, uh, Change UK, whatever, you know, this part is basically disappearing, looks like. And then we are supposed to meet again, and it didn't work again, again, because of Brexit, it was like Prime Minister's speech. But we talked then, and then we decided, you know, that we will do the meeting, of course, because Jeremy liked me, and I liked him. He's a very nice guy. I mean, it's like... I mean, he's a Nazi, but <laughs> but 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 a person, you know. Is, I mean, you have to know. I mean, it's like the Nazi people, the people who really hate Jews, does not really mean that they are ugly looking or or brutal or whatever it is. They can be very very nice, polite, can be very romantic, and he's very polite. And he's very fatherly. And then I made one mistake. You know, I introduced myself as Tobias to him. It's your German alias. Yeah, and then to his other person that is in charge of some things over there, I introduced myself as Florian, and other person as Adrian, just to make sure that I'm covered for <laughs> Don't ask me. And then I made a stupid mistake. I was with... Okay, it's in the book. I made a stupid mistake, and I sent an email. You know, I was with one of his secretaries, a Turkish girl. He loves those people. <laughs> he chooses them. Uh-huh. You know, it's a Turkish girl, and... And she said to me, can you send me an email? And I sent an email, I, I had my iPhone, and I had a default by mistake. I a default signature? No, a default email address. Uh-huh. You know, it was the Jewish Theater of New York. Ah, uh, oh no. And I sent it, <laughs> and it came to the Jewish Theater of New York, and my email to be attainable, which is, you know, that was it. But I got to meet, before that, I got to meet his uh, buddy. He's 40 years or something like that, buddy, Peter Wolfsman, Rat Pitt, also known as Jeremy Corbyn Protector. They are together, and Jeremy Corbyn protects him, and he protects him. He, he made some anti-Semitic statements, and, and many people asked him to, ask Jeremy Corbyn to fire him. So, but did you have time to confront Jeremy Corbyn with anything? Uh, I had time to, I'm telling you the story. So, and then I was with, a, with his very good friend, Peter Wolfsman. It's a long story. You know, and, uh, and Peter Wolfsman told me all kinds of things. Peter Wolfsman is on the NEC, which is the, the bodies that governs the labor. And uh, Peter Wolfsman told me all kinds of things. He told me uh, the Israeli embassy is the one behind all accusation of anti-Semitism in, uh, in Britain. He said the Israeli embassy as a spy inside labor. Uh, he told me all kinds of things like that. And that. The rich people, obviously, the Jews control the media, and that's why people see that labor is on this. All kinds, basically, very anti-Semitic stuff, you know. And it came out about three weeks ago on, 
I think it was on a Friday morning or something like that. I don't remember exactly. And uh, in London, and uh, within minutes it caught fire. Um, everybody was on it. It was the the front page article, the front article, the front page article of the Guardian. It was in the the front page of the Times of London, and of course. What was on the this story? Which uh, okay, because I released the recording. Okay, I released the recording, and you know, the old Arabs think it's about Jews and all that stuff. And for the first time, uh, a member of Labour, in the governing body of Labour, they had no choice. And suspended his membership. That happened for the first time. So, because of the recording, recording, yeah, of that you our made. conversations, yeah. So it was, uh, it was uh, more than you can get in ten thousand conversations with Jeremy Corbyn because it was Jeremy Corbyn speaking from the mouth of Red Pete, Peter Walsman. And it was so damaging that even the Labour Party, the people that protected, and Jeremy Corbyn himself, who protected him so often, could not protect Rat Pitt again. Because even MPs from Labour demanded that he would be suspended immediately or expelled from the party. So this is the story. So... In terms of exposing what the Liberal Party is about today, I got the best exposure that right. you can think of. Right. Because Jeremy would not say it to me in private, even you know the way he said it to me like that, and and that's what it was. And looking at you know for us Israelis, we look at the UK and the the sentiment, but also the amount of immigrants they had uh, to accept and um, what's going on there. It looks like maybe the country, the, the future of the country is very cloudy. How do you see the future of England? Um, I don't think that the future of the country is very cloudy. I think that um, you have to understand. I mean, m many of the Muslims that I at least saw in Great Britain are not from the Middle East, yeah, Pakistanis, whatever it is, because the UK had an history with, with India, with Pakistan, and all these kind of things. So they had to, or felt that they had to allow many of the them Paki to come in. The Pakistani integrated pretty well in, in the UK, at the most part. They're there for... for yes and no, but, but they did not accept, they did not get in so many refugees this time. The, the countries that got most refugees is Germany still. Yes, but you go in London, certain areas, as in Israeli, it's certain areas. Scary. Most, of, most of the people, it's not scary. Most of the people you see that they are, they are in the big cities. And most of the people you see in the big cities are uh, Pakistanis. And, and some of them, like in rich areas, they are not even citizens of the country. They come for shopping from the, from the Gulf. Even like, you know, the Arab stores, you know, you see all these women with the hijab and the niqab or whatever it is. They are basically just tourists shopping. And personally, for my last three weeks in a, in a, or months, something like that, in, a, in, a, in the UK, when I just sat there by myself in an old child to, to put everything together in the book, to edit it, you know, 
and guess which place I chose? I chose the Marble Arch, Ratchin Edgeway. You know, it's like Ratchin in, in the heart of the Muslim part of uh, of London. You know, because there I had the best restaurants, like El Banat, <laughs> and yeah. and and I felt totally safe. And the people who hate me as a who hate me as a Jew. And I talk from from a personal perspective here, since I am Jewish, are for the most part the white people, not the brown people. That's the sad story. The brown people, you know, don't care much. Yes, they don't like these the, the Jews. Okay, big deal. But they are not obsessed with them. They don't like because they are feel brotherhood towards the Palestinians, whatever it is, this whole area. So but you're not, optimistic. About the future of, of the UK from your journey? The future of the UK, the UK is a very rich country, even though there are a lot of poor people there and, and, and all that stuff, but it's a very strong power country, it's a very powerful country. Um, I don't see any reason to worry about Britain. Britain is doing unbelievably well. Walk in London. Yeah. See the streets. Says it, says see the buildings, see the money, especially at night with all the lights. You walk there, you think you are in paradise. You think you are like, you know, it's like an imaginary Islamic paradise in heaven because it, it doesn't look real. This building, this gorgeous, amazing richness all over. It's like everything. You don't know. The taste buds. Pretty bad the way they used to be. I thought they, 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 would, they would improve by now, but they did not. But yeah, the restaurants are like, I didn't like them, but except the Arab restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> no, just like, but anyway, um, there's tons of money there. There's enormous amounts of guilt there. There's huge amounts. There's you have a tradition that goes for thousands of years. They have a culture that's quite different than the rest of Europe. You know, and their culture, it's the first time, you know, that, that I watch a Shakespearean play, you know, Shakespeare, Macbeth, or whatever I saw there, you know, it's like, and, and the first time, I actually, because I used to go to, I used to go usually to the West End to see theater. Now I went to the Globe, I went to the National Theater, I, I covered everything I could, and of course the West Bank. And the first time you see Shakespeare and you realize it's not like this bizarre English, literary, brainy, screaming, God knows what. You see Macbeth in London and you realize this is a show about the people here and their history. Their wars with the Scots, with whatever it is, with the kings and all that. It's their kings. It's their territory. These are island people. And you all of a sudden see Shakespeare as brilliantly simplistic which makes it a great show, because you can feel about it. It's not a rational show, it's an emotional show. And, and there's a lot of great things about Britain. I mean, it's like, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful Modern things. Modern democracy. About, I mean, democracy is not exactly, you know, the, the people have chosen something and, and the parliament refuses to do it and the politician right. refuses to do it. But you in know. theory. The theory, at least, they came up with a you yeah. know, parliamentary democracy. They invented it. They are still very rich people. They are still very strong people. They, they, have they will a, endure. Yeah, and, and they, they are not going anywhere because the other place is the sea. 
they are an island. Yeah. Just remember it, they are an island. You know, and, and you know, you need atomic bombs to eliminate them, and nobody's going to do that. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I cannot predict, but they are not going anywhere. Uh-huh. You know? And they are very proud, even while they were in the EU all these years, they refused to adapt the euro. They had their sterling, their, their, their pounds. They are very proud of their culture. You know, they are extremely so, and they have their, their, their English is much better than American English, and of course much better than my English. You know, it's like amazing to, I mean, it's beautiful. You realize when you stay long in London, I mean, in England long enough and you hear all these accents and, and, and the use they make of the, of the language that no American even attempted to do. And you realize it's like, wow, it's such a rich language, English, if you know how to use it. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, I give an example, I'm a smoker, so I give an example of that. It's a very simple. You know, it's like I'm sitting there and smoking, and, and, and a young, lovely woman, they are always dressed very well. They are always like, you know, pitchy, pitchy, muchy. They are like, all this thing, everybody looks like 18. And, and she says to me, may I bother you by asking for a cigarette? And she takes the lighter, and she lights it up, and she says, isn't this magic? <laughs> mm. It's like... You remain speechless. Yeah, you remain speechless. It's like... Oh, another guy comes. I'm holding my cigarette and he says, "May I pinch one of your cigarettes?" <laughs> I mean, it's like this is a, this is a different English, baby. Yeah, this is a different. This is a beautiful English. I never thought that it was like that. A cigarette, a lighter well, is magic. It's the country of Shakespeare. I it's the country of Shakespeare, and, and it has the beauty. And the sad part about it, they don't like me. The moment that I am Jewish, the conversation is over. Mm-hmm. And that should not be and shall not stand. So, the book yeah. will be out in English? The book will be out in English, of course. First, of, first of all, it's coming in, uh, in uh, how do you call it? First of all, it's coming in, in Germany, I guess. Mm-hmm. We'll see when. You know, in Germany, it comes in, in the 11th. What's the 11th. name? In Germany, it comes on the January, actually. In uh, the German, German The German, it's called Align unto Britain. Alone among the Brits. Mm-hmm. In English, the title for now is The Cat and the Rat. And it's, it's like a journey through Britain, you know, the subtitle if I ever need it. Uh-huh. And, and it's like an analogy, it's like kind of almost like of what I found in Britain. It's a very class oriented society, extremely class oriented. The hierarchy there is huge. It's the. the High classes, the low classes, the middle classes, they don't even talk the same English, you know, they talk different English. And beyond all the other accents that you have in every region, every area, you know. And by the end of the day, there are two major groups. It's the working class, which is another word for the poor people, mm-hmm. you know. And then there are the people who don't work, <laughs> you know, whatever, the, pro- yeah. the people who make money, you know, the, the, the high classes. So the English version? And the high, real high classes are the, the people with the blue blood, you mm-hmm. know, they are like for coming from in families. So you have the cat and the rat. Uh-huh. The rat can do whatever it wants until we're eaten by the cats. And the cat is the ruling. You know, you can vote, you can try to do whatever you want. 
you can vote, for example, in the referendum. You vote to leave, but the people on top think remain is better. And they will make sure. At least they try. And, and then there are many other, behind all the other classes, there is also the classes of the people who are not British. Or, or uh, not, not British, you know, they like them. Uh-huh. One of that classes is the Jew. The Jew is the rat, they are the cat. And that's the way they see it. That's what's amazing about their anti-Semitism. Their anti-Semitism, unlike the German anti-Semitism, when a German anti-Semite talks against Israel or against Jews, he or she argue the cases. You know, in 1948, the Jews, for no obvious reason, flew from Europe, went to Palestine, which was funded 3,000 years ago, whatever it is, you know, and stole the land, whatever, and, and since then they kill people. You know, <laughs> that's the, the, that kind of... Uh, that's the narrative. That's the narrative. So, and for them, it's like, that's the German will argue. That the Brit doesn't even have to know where Palestine is. The only thing they know is that the other side is the Jew. And Palestine, as one uh, teacher in UCL explained to me in London, Palestine is a state of mind. It means you have to, if you view yourself as a liberal, if you view yourself as a human with humanistic aspiration, which if you are an, a good person. Educated. Educated and a good person. A gentleman. A gentleman. You must care about Palestine. Mm-hmm. You must put Palestine on the top of everything else. And that's what it is. You see little students, I mean, it's like 18-year-olds, literally, so, you know, young students, 18-year-olds. Palestine. So important. It's like you say, what the heck are you talking about? Guys, if you want to read more, the book in English will be out li- after January? Or before? After? Probably after January. Okay. Yeah. But in the meantime, you have other books. Yeah. I Sleep in Hitler's Room, yeah. The Lies They Tell, Catch the Jew, and Low Refugees. Yeah. And it's all on Amazon. Yeah. And it's digital also, if you're into digital Either books. Either yeah. And also, what else should we plug? The Jewish Theater in New York? Yeah. Right? JewishTheater.org. And okay, great. So before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Go to twin, uh, go to JewishJournal.com and check out their articles and pieces and podcasts. And we accept donations, guys. So please go to twinjb.com slash donate and help us out. And that's it. Tuvia, thank you. Thank you so I much. I have an idea for the next book. Think about it. Alone in Iran. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> it's a pleasure talking to you always. It's a pleasure meeting you. You're a wonderful guy. Thank you. You're an amazing guy. You are so motivated and, and in your trying. And you're also a good mensch. Thank with you. With a grand sense of humor. Thank you. And, and, and also look very nice. You're, thank you're you. a very nice looking boy. And I hope that you know, the girls out there, you know, you know, are looking and chasing and hoping and dream of the prince. Uh-huh. Just know where it is. It's right here. Okay, right, right here in, to in you. Tel Aviv. Right here in Tel Aviv is the prince. Well, you have my Facebook, girls. Thank you, yeah. Tuvia. Mm-hmm.